Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. Good morning. And I am joined by our friend from the University of Minnesota, Julie Weisenhorn, also known as one of the abiders. Hello. Hello. I thought, I, I thought I'd fit that in there real fast. You're our best promoter. <laughs> I'm your PR guy. Yeah. Uh, so how have you been, Julie? Uh, I'm listening to that forecast, and it pleases me to no end that yeah, uh, we're, no we're going to get some melting going on. Yeah, it has been doggone cold. Man, we could hardly get our dog out the door, speaking of dogs. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a smart one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to alert our listeners if you have a lawn and garden question. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we tend to get really busy. So if you have any kind of a lawn and garden question for Julie, call it in or text it in. Uh, the sooner, the better. Uh, the same number applies to either the phone or the text, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. What what are your plans now, Julie? I mean, we've got the temps coming into the forties this week. Uh, the, the people are going to get real antsy. I know we're kind of pushing the uh, pushing it a little bit. It's only well, it's still only February. But what right. can be done? What can we do inside the home in anticipation of this coming spring? Well, you could start seeds. You can do that even when it's sub-zero outside, and um, you need not—you don't need anything really fancy for starting seeds. I mean, people have whole setups with lights and everything, but you can uh, you can reuse containers if you have plastic. Like yogurt containers are great because they're small. You don't want to start seeds in a you know great big gallon bucket or anything like that. You want to just start them in small containers, and. Um, so you can be doing that. Um, you can also be out pruning. It's a good time of year to prune your apple trees and other fruit trees. So that's on my to-do list. Hopefully this weekend uh, is to prune my crab apple tree. This is the time of year the plants are, are uh, dormant and it's easy to see branches that are crossed and branches that are growing uh, vertically, which are called water sprouts and our non-productive branches. And you can really get in there easily with uh, a good tree uh, saw, or you can use a chainsaw if you have one. And if you are curious about how to do that, we actually have a great video series of three videos that our extension fruit educator, Annie Clyde, put together. 
and it is on our Apple's webpage. And you can watch that and get some get some uh, a good lesson in. You can do that today and then get out there tomorrow when it's nice and warm or Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be in the 40s, I think. So Yeah. So pruning is a good thing to do this time of year. Now, what if uh, a homeowner, a person needs to trim oaks? Is it still safe this time of year to trim oak trees? It is still safe. Uh, Because of oak wilt, the timing that we do not want you to prune is from April through June. So you can still, this is still a good time, a low-risk time to prune your oaks. All right, good. 651-989-9226. Let's go to the phones. I think Wayne is first up. You're calling from Forest Lake. Wayne, good morning. You are on with Julie. Good morning. 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 My question is, I have a small uh, pollinator garden, I call it, and I would like to put some uh, milkweeds in there. Now, would it be best I go out in the countryside and dig up a milkweed, or are there some seeds that are viable uh, to plant there? Well, I would not recommend digging up any plants. Um, First of all, it's hard to transplant milkweed. But second of all, you shouldn't be out digging up uh, wild plants. But there are milkweed seeds are really easy to collect. And if you do go out hiking, you can see them. um, They've exploded on the plants themselves. They're kind of downy. There could still be some out there. Um, but you can also purchase milkweed seeds from some of our native nurseries. And the DNR has a good web page. Uh, it's not totally current. I think it's last updated in 2016, so it's a few years old. But they have a good list of native plant nurseries, and uh, and and they'll give you all the instructions for how to start those milk milkweed seeds. But I would recommend that it's easier. You can go buy plants too. You can buy transplants, but seeds are pretty inexpensive and a good way to start some of those native plants. All right, very good. Uh, there was a text. We started talking about trees this morning. Uh, this texture says I had two ash trees removed a couple of weeks ago. Is there a way to biodegrade, biodegrade is the word, uh, the stump? What would you recommend? In other words, to grind it down. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that would be a tree care professional that you'd want to get in to do that. So they would grind out that stump um, and uh, and you could seed over it for grass, uh, for lawn, or you could plant another plant uh, maybe nearby. If they're really large, it's gonna you're gonna want to move those plant. You're gonna want to plant the new plant in a a little bit of a different place because you'll run into still some roots that that will just have to break down naturally. I think does that answer the question, Denny? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. I think it does. That's the most common way. Uh, yeah, have that done in our house a few times over the years. Right, right. Um, There's other kind of home things that people do. They drill holes and they fill it full of rock salt and stuff. But then you're adding salt to your soil. And um, I think it's best to just call in a professional to come in and grind that stump right out of there. It's faster. That, ri- that rings a bell, Julie. I remember reading a few years ago about putting um, Epsom salts mm-hmm. on some decaying uh, stumps underground. But you're saying don't do that. Well, I'm... Yeah. Now what is that? Is that is that magnesium chloride? What is uh, right, Epsom salt? Right. And it and it basically I think it it breaks down the wood faster. Mm-hmm. But um but it it I'm always really cautious about adding things like that about doing things like that. I don't know the research on it if there is any. 
And uh, at, in extension, that's one of our uh, main caveats is we, we talk about the research. We talk on it if there is any. And uh, at, in extension, that's one of our uh, main caveats is we, we talk about the research. We talk about the information that we know from our woody plant forestry experts about uh, how to manage that. So I would say probably bringing in a tree care professional is a better yeah. way to go. And we've got or a lot just let of good. Let it break to... down on its own eventually. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to get some mushrooms, some <laughs> that's, fungi. That's right, a real fun guy. <laughs> okay, you know what? You're a fun Let, guy. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a break. Uh, Ken, you're going to be next on the phone, and we'll pick up on some text messages as well. This is the Smart Garden Show. We are here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your phone calls and text messages this morning for Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. 651-989-9226. It's zero. That's the temp heading for 25 later today here in the Twin Cities. Stay with us. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Again, we're around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to the help we get from good folks like Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota who is with us today. As usual, Julie, callers and texters. So uh, let's get back to it. Uh, We promised Ken and Blaine he'd be next. Ken, thank you for your patience. What's uh, your question for Julie? Good morning. Um, I have two Z plants and uh, one... One is fairly large, and one is kind of medium sized. The question I have is: it the uh, the individual stems keep growing? I mean, it's uh, I don't know how. I mean, I don't know where these these are going to end up because it, it <laughs> seems like they are, are just growing and growing. And uh, I don't know if there's a limiting factor on on how tall or how they what's going to happen. Uh, that is a large plant. It's a, called a ZZ plant, and um, they you can you can actually cut them back, and you can propagate those cuttings. Um, you can just uh, trim back to you can kind of head those branches back to a point at which the plant is the size you like it to be, maybe a third of the way back, and you're not taking off too much of the growing media, the the leaves. And uh, and then you can root those stalks uh, either in uh, using a little bit of rooting hormone and putting them in maybe some damp sand or some perlite or vermiculite, or you can um, and and at those points where you make those cuts, you should actually get a couple of branches growing out of that point. So you can you can shape the plant a little bit that way. So um, if the plant is too big, you can always take it back like that. So and have more plants to share. All right, very good. Texter says this, Julie, I am starting some salocious seed and one of the packets in encapsulated seed. They say you don't cover the seed. Why is that? Well, uh, seed that's encapsulated is oftentimes because the seed is so small that you can't handle it. So they put a a kind of an innate uh, coating on the seed. And... When you don't cover a seed, seeds oftentimes need sunlight to actually germinate. So as you water that seed, as you sprinkle it on the soil, as you water it, that coating dissolves, and the seed is then exposed to sunlight, and then it will germinate. And that's why you don't cover it. 
Oh, okay, very good. Back to the phones we go, Julie. Uh, Adeline is calling in from Chanhassen uh, this morning. Adeline, thank you. What is your question for Julie? I don't have a question. I pull up my geraniums in the fall before the first frost, and I shake the dirt off and put them in a brown paper lawn bag and store them in the well pit. And then in about two weeks ago, I took them out, and they've all, they're all sprouting. And then I put them in water for a while, and then I plant them in dirt, and one even has a little blossom on it already. Nice. And that works really good. And the longer you do it with one plant, the bigger the plant gets. You can hardly get more than one in a small pot. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Geraniums are really a nice uh, indoor plant and also a great outdoor plant. And there are people who keep their geraniums year after year after year like you do. So good for you. That sounds great. And then they reward you with a blossom in the dead of winter. How nice Pretty is neat. that? That's a good <laughs> sign. Yeah. Uh, here's a listener that says, I would like to root a cutting from my cactus. What's the best way to do that? Uh, it depends on the cactus. So I, I take it that this is a cactus with arms or branching. And at that point, you would want to take a nice sharp knife and just, or just break it off of the main stem at arm. And, and you can put it into damp sand, just like we talked about with the ZZ plant. You can also dip it in a little bit of rooting hormone. Now, the one thing about cactus, if I remember correctly, is that you want them to kind of dry out a little bit and form a callus at the growing at that growing point, the place where you cut it off. So you just let it lay out for about 24 hours. It'll form, it'll dry out at that point, and then put it into the rooting hormone and put it into um, the soil and just. Keep it moist, not wet, because cacti, you know, they, they're subject to rot. And um, you can check the roots after uh, a few weeks by just gently uh, using a, a spatula or something to pry up that plant and take a look at the roots. But that rooting hormone is really going to help. All right, good. Let's get back to the phones, Julie. Tim is calling in from Mound, Minnesota this morning. Hey, Tim, you are on home. with Julie. Good morning. Thanks for morning. taking my call. I know this guy. He's my neighbor. He's your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. I have a translation problem. Uh, my wife, as you know, likes to cook authentic Vietnamese food. And uh, traveling 30 miles for vegetables uh, will get harder with the new baby. And uh, there's quite a few different seeds that she can order, but they're all in Vietnamese. And okay. uh, the translation then to an English name of what they call these particular vegetables is a problem so that I know how to raise them or what kind of soil they need, that kind of thing, um, or growing time. <laughs> All those right. uh, little details. Does the U of M have a section for um, maybe having a really good picture of, of some of the green vegetables that I can identify in that way? Oh, man, that is a really great question. And I wish I said that we did. Um, I, I don't, we don't have anything like that on our website. We have worked to have to create um, uh, videos for farmers and, and web pages for farmers in Hmong and Spanish, but I don't believe we've done it in Vietnamese. I have not heard of any of that. That's a great suggestion, though, I can pass on to some of our other educators who work in fruits and vegetables. Uh, In the meantime, I don't know if there's a possibility. I know that you do shop at some of the Vietnamese 
grocery stores, if anybody there could tell you what the plant looks like, they might actually have it in the vegetable section uh, and be able to point it out. Um, and I think if it's a leafy green, um, University of California might actually have good resources for that, the extension there. I know that I've gone there for information on some of the Asian greens when I've uh, done a talk about that for edible landscapes. So University of California would be great. Um, and then I think uh, if it's a leafy green, I think it would really grow like any of our leafy greens in a way. Um, but because they're from a warmer climate uh, country, you're probably going, they're probably going to be warmer climate greens than maybe um, than we would have here in Minnesota. So you would plant them maybe a little bit later in the ground. Um, Han might know that. That's Tim's wife. And she might recognize and, you know, when <clears throat> and be able to talk about when these plants were seeded. So sorry, Tim, we're going to have to get together and talk about that. Um, maybe we could look at the packets together. How about that? Tim just lives down the street from me. <laughs> well, I was wondering, since I know we have to break here, that uh, Tim and Han, do they ever would they ever leave some great Vietnamese food on your doorstep? Well, if it wasn't for COVID, <laughs> yes, I think so. We would be yeah. getting together. But I uh, love Vietnamese food. So yeah, good. I know, and Han's a great cook. So, um, yeah. Anyway, we uh, we're going to be getting together as soon as we can. Good deal. All right, let's take a break. We're going to have a look at that warming forecast coming along in just a moment. We have more callers. We have more texters to help out here on the Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Please stay with us. Reading holding at zero. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota helping you out with your lawn and garden questions Hey, Denny, today. i, I, I yep. got to follow up to Tim's question here. Sure. So I was trying to remember this while Tim was talking uh, about uh, an Asian vegetable resources for seeds and information on growing. And there is a seed company called, and I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, kitazawaseed.com. And so it's K-I-T-A-Z-A-W-A seed company. So kitazawa.com. And they have uh, all sorts of Asian greens and Asian vegetables that you can purchase. So uh, in seeds, I don't know if they have transplants, but they also have growing uh, directions too. So that might be a good resource if people are interested in uh, Asian vegetables and, and uh, also greens as well. All right. And in case they missed it, uh, you can drop that off in their mailbox. <laughs> yeah. That's down the block. Uh, there, was a di- <laughs> there was a discussion, a uh, texter says, about lilac bacterial blight last year. What are the chances my lilacs will be okay this spring? Copper sulfate? Well, uh, in that case, that is correct. We had a lilac leaf, uh, leaf blight, and it uh, sanitation was the best advice for this. We don't know what will happen this coming year. And there are weather conditions like moisture and humidity and heavy rains uh, that can uh, cause some of these things to be worse. But cleaning up the leaves around the base of the tree and pruning out the really infected parts of the lilac were the best advice at this point. Um, We have an article about it on our yard and garden webpage under our lilac section. So that would be one place to take a look at that. 
And of course, if you find that you have these issues, uh, definitely send a message to Ask Extension with pictures of it, and the Master Gardeners can help guide you through some um, some measures. But um, cleaning up around the base of plants—that's where those leaves have dropped, and those uh, and that bacteria is uh, still residing. So um, get out there and rake that stuff up, and and that should go a long way to preventing it in the future. Maybe at this point, Julie, we could again mention that great University of Minnesota website, some great reading, a lot of good stuff in there. What is that? Yeah, it is extension.umn.edu and go to Yard and Garden. You can also just type your question or topic into the search box on the extension site and uh, up will pop any and all information that we have about that topic. So, um, But it's great. And we also have our Yard and Garden News, which is our uh, twice a month. Um, news feed where we have great articles that are timely and uh, we try to write for what gardeners are thinking about, seeing, anticipating uh, problems that we uh, that we see in the landscape. Of course, we don't see too much of that right now, but, um, but there is a lot of very good uh, information there that you can subscribe to that and get an email every couple of weeks that says that it's ready and raring to go. We'll give you that before uh, Julie leaves us today. Uh, let's get back to the phones. I think Al in St. Paul has been waiting there. Al, you're on CCO. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Um, uh, I think it was three weeks ago, Julie, you talked about the Pagoda Dogwood. And yes. I called one of the large uh, garden centers here in the Twin Cities, and uh, she said that there are just two forms. And um, the one, the shrub form, is recommended for zones uh, three through seven, and um, the, the tree form is recommended for four, zone four through seven. Okay. And um, so it grows up to twenty feet. The shrub form right. grows up to fifteen feet. Okay. Oh, okay, so, uh, I guess that was yeah. a, that was a comment, more of a question. Okay, that's great information, and I really appreciate uh, hearing that. Um, I guess it, sometimes small trees, we call them small trees or shrubs, and that might be the difference. Um, and it could be that the tree or the smaller plant grows, uh, is more of an under, understory tree, uh, something that could tolerate more shade maybe than the taller one. And uh, and therefore, it might be more suitable for colder climate, for colder zones, which would be our northern part of Minnesota. Okay. This listener text sent a text that said, "I was recently in Florida and brought back. Is it is it pronounced pothos? 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 Pothos vine? Yep. Uh, plant clipping with huge leaves. What are your recommendations for transitioning this as a Minnesota house plant?" Uh, I would, similar to what we talked about earlier, pothos are pretty easy to propagate. So again, uh, reach for that root, uh, rooting hormone. You can purchase it at a garden center. It's a powder. You can also get a gel. Sometimes a gel is more appropriate or easier to cling to that uh, stem, but the powder works great. Um, when we teach our students uh, plant propagation, we use just damp builder sand. So um, we sterilize it in heat and then go ahead and poke a hole in it, get it wet or damp, not wet, damp, put a hole in it and then tuck that cutting with the rooting hormone on the cut point into that hole, close it up and uh, then check it in uh, a couple of weeks maybe for the roots. But pothos are pretty easy to root. Okay. 
Another listener says, I have a hydrangea bush that is about 10 years old. Must be an endless summer. It only gets one bud on it, and it is a blue flower. How can I get it to bloom more? The bush is beautiful and healthy. It's usually due to sunlight. Uh, sometimes these older plants, we don't really notice it as our as uh, other plants grow up and start to shade these uh, older shrubs. So this is a 10-year-old plant. Uh, sounds great, nice and healthy. does do a little bit of blooming. I'll bet if you think about it, it blooms on the side that has the most sun. So uh, you might want to look around and see if there's an opportunity to do some pruning of plants nearby or that maybe um, a plant has grown up next to it that could be moved. I don't know, uh, but it's usually due to sunlight. Okay. This listener says I have a, uh, well, mention the word, uh, the blood lily, I guess it is, that grew and bloomed last year. The leaves are starting to die now. This morning, the texture says the stem was bent over and seems to be shedding a, quote, skin. What's up with that? <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to visualize a blood lily. Um, it's probably, it sounds to me like it's done blooming and that stem, um, probably if it's, if, if the flower is spent, maybe you'd prune off that stem at this point and then to just treat it as a house plant, uh, and water it. And, um, if you see new, new leaves coming, then I would give it a little dilute fertilizer. So about half the strength that's recommended, maybe once a month or so. Um, make sure it drains well and uh, so that the pot drains well and then get it outside. I think by spring, um, I'm kind of scrambling for this one cause I'm not sure what a blood lily is. It looks like the word, and again, forgive my pronunciation, skadoxus. Skadoxus. Huh. S-C-A-D-O-X-U-S. Well, we'll have to do a little homework on that one. Yeah, I'll have to do some homework on that one. As you know, Julie, we have such smart uh, smart listeners, we and do. we were talking about getting rid of stumps, uh, grinding a stump, and oh, are there good, any ways, good. other ways? This one comes from, see if I can see it, a certified arborist who has an MS Excellent. in forest management, Woo-hoo. and this texter here, she says, use a low-grade nitrogen fertilizer to help break down stumps. The fungi that break down wood tend to be restricted by lack of nitrogen, so adding some nitrogen will speed up the process. Oh, so thanks, thank you. Thanks to that uh, arborist, certified yeah. arborist. Certified arborist, yay. Got some good ones here for sure. Great. Uh, follow up on the milkweed seed. I collected, Texter says, many milkweed seeds last fall. Can I just scatter these in the spring or should they be actually sowed into the ground? I think they could just be scattered. Um, if we have any native plant growers out there, you could probably weigh in on that. But, you know, naturally milkweed scatters it doesn't uh doesn't sink into the ground necessarily and uh and i think it just it falls to the ground they're big seeds and uh yeah i think they you can just scatter them texas is blood milly blood okay (laughs) we'll take a break here in a minute or two you can uh, follow up with that uh texas says i have been growing canna rhizomes for about 15 years but last year, squirrels found out almost all the cannabulbs. Uh, uh, is there anything I can do to to, uh, to uh, keep them from getting to them or just sweating them? Squirrels are very tough because they are clever little buggers. And um, I know that some people will put um, 
they'll bury just below the surface, they'll bury some chicken wire. Um, and then the canna will come up in the big holes. Um, I think also there's some repellents that you can sprinkle on the surface that keeps squirrels, uh, kind of repels them away. Um, Melorganite is something that I have used in the past around hostas to keep rabbits away when the hostas are very small. And maybe that would be something you could just sprinkle that on the surface. Uh, you can buy it at garden centers, big box stores. It's a, it's a, uh, a sludge, actually, that's granular. has a little bit of an odor, but it kind of goes away after a while. And it's black, so you can't see it. And maybe if you sprinkled a little bit of that, it adds a little bit of nitrogen uh, to the soil, which is always beneficial uh, to container plants or around those plants. So maybe try that, especially as the plants are small. That's when the, the animals can really see and get in there and dig. As the plants get bigger, uh, it's a little bit, you know, they're not quite as attractive to those smaller animals. So um, that did work well for rabbits around hosta. Okay, very good. Uh, let's take a break, Julie. We have more show to come, more Smart Garden to come, uh, 651-989-9226. That'll get you a phone call or get you a text message here on WCCO. Stay with us right now on our way to 25 above. It is zero here in the Twin Cities. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to good folks like Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota having helping you out today. Oh, we've got a lot of uh, lot of text messages, Julie, which is not unusual. I've uh, got let's some see. more blood lily info. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> so I went to the Michigan Bulb Company uh, website and right away found Scadoxis multiflorus and one of just as I thought, this is a bulb, and actually the bulb part is poisonous. So rodents and deer leave it alone, which is important. Uh, talking about critters like squirrels, and this is a non-hardy bulb. So the collar or texture had it indoors, of course, and it had finished blooming. And so you do want to just prune off that um, branch that has fallen over the stem, the flower stem, and uh, and. In this case, you want to just keep it indoors. You can also overwinter it as a dormant plant in, in, in a frost-free, unheated garage. So that's in Minnesota, that's really tough. So if you have a cold or cool location, uh, basement, cellar, um, someplace where you could put it, that would be fine. But this collar has it growing as a house plant right now. And so in the spring, you want to put that into, into a part shade, full sun location in well-drained soil, just like other bulbs. You want to be sure that you have well-drained soil because bulbs will literally rot if it is heavy clay or if it's in a container that doesn't have a good drainage uh, hole in it and, uh, and grow it. You can grow it in that container and they actually do better kind of, kind of packed into that, uh, that container. So they will multiply better when they're allowed to crowd themselves as the Michigan bulb representative says in a comment. So, you don't need to keep repotting it. In other words, you can put the pot right outside, grow it outside, bring it in in the fall, and uh, hopefully it will bloom for you. All right. Good deal. Last summer, Texter says, I bought a hanging strawberry plant that produced many strawberries. I brought it in for the winter, and it looks great. Uh, will it produce fruit again this year, or is this a one-and-done plant? 
If it's looking great, it will probably, uh, when you get it outside and it gets into a, a warmer, sunny conditions, it will probably rebloom and produce produce berries for you again. Yeah, good for you. That's great. I like that. This listener says, I'm considering a greenhouse. Where's the best place to put it, and when should I start using it? Oh, that could be a whole show. And I am not a greenhouse expert, but you do want to locate a greenhouse where you maximize your sunlight. So away from large trees that are going to shade it or structures that are going to shade it, you want to position the flat, widest, largest parts of the roof uh, toward uh, either easterly uh, facing or southern so that you get you maximize the amount of sunlight that you have. You may also, if it gets too hot, you may have to put in shade cloth. Uh, so that's a cloth that you roll out or, or use a contraption to cover your plants um, and uh, to cover the, the roof. But uh, there are lots of great um, online information about building and positioning greenhouses that know, people know way more than I do about that. That'd be fun to have. Yeah, I would love to have a greenhouse. I'd like to have just a tiny little green room off of the side yes, of the house. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, text a listener wants to know, Julie, how do you grow holly here? I have planted uh, in on the north side of our home without success. It may last a season, but that's about it. Yeah, holly is a southern plant. It and and I'm I take it they're talking about the holly, the traditional holly like we use for decorations in at Christmas. We have a holly here that's a native holly, but it, it's called winterberry, ilex, and that's the same genus as your your sharp pointed traditional holly. So holly is not going to grow well in Minnesota. Um, it's also subject to powdery mildew, which as in our humid conditions it can look kind of bad. But winterberry is a good option. Now, the, all hollies that I know of, and particularly winterberry, require acidic soil. So I don't know where the texture is texting from, but you are going to need um, a soil pH, I want to say around five and a half or six uh, for that soil. So if you remember from your chemistry class, seven is neutral. And anything higher than seven becomes alkaline. And so you're going to want to use, uh, have that plant growing in acidic soil. And winterberry are uh, dioecious plants, meaning that they have, they, they have male plants and female plants. So when you go to buy a cultivar of winterberry, you're going to need to purchase several female plants. And there's a number of different cultivars of that. And then you're going to need to purchase a male plant because you're going to need the pollen from the male plant to cross to actually pollinate the flowers on the female plant and produce the fruit. And that fruit is why we grow these winterberry. So uh, you can amend soil with sulfur. You can amend, you can uh, fertilize winterberry with acid loving plant fertilizer, but it's very difficult to, you have to be quite diligent with that. And soil tests are important. So you want to be doing soil tests around those plants. Um, so that is one option. And it is a great wildlife plant, and they successfully grow it out at the Arboretum. It's on the three-mile drive just before the service road across from the uh, Chinese garden out there. So if you want to take a look at that this summer and see if that's a plant that you want to grow, and um, and then look for those cultivars. Yeah, can't wait to get out to the Arboretum again. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, this listener, Julie, says, can I root a Mona lavender plant cutting and have as a house plant? Mona lavender plant. Um, hmm. I would think so. Um, lavender plants that we grow here have a tendency to be a bit kind of semi-woody as they get bigger. So you would want to take a cutting that is uh, last year's growth, uh, so not terribly woody, but not the tip of the plant either. And uh, again, go to that rooting hormone and use some damp sand or perlite or vermiculite, and then uh, dip that cut end in the rooting hormone and put it into that damp uh, growing media and give it a whirl. You can also have, start with uh, too. Three They're a little three. bit trickier, but you could grow seeds too. We have a few minutes to go, Julie. Uh, here's one that says, thanks for the wonderful program. We have a large geranium that has gone outside every year for five, six years. My husband would like to prune the third of it that is asymmetrical. Is that safe? It is a vigorous plant. Oh, yes. Yeah, you can certainly prune that uh, kind of and kind of give it a better shape. Absolutely. And, and again, you could root that cutting and have more of these plants. Okay. Could you please explain, listener says, the milk jug seedling setup, when to put out and what temperature? Okay. Um, I have not tried this, but I actually have two milk jugs. I'm going to try it this winter. Um, Bachman's actually has an excellent uh, webpage that explains how to do winter sowing using milk jugs, I believe. And uh, what I understand is you cut the milk jug in half, you fill it with your growing media, and uh, and plant your seeds in there, and then you close the top back up and you tape it shut, and you put it in a warm location outside, and uh, and the the solar energy and the milk jug uh, create a little tiny greenhouse inside. I'm guessing you also want to leave the cap on the top of it too, because you want to keep the air from uh, from warming from cooling down inside, and then you want to check it. Uh, you definitely want to water it um, and make sure that you don't overwater it. Remember, these are seeds, so you could wet your growing media first and uh, and then put the seeds in it, uh, whether you sprinkle them on top, as we talked about earlier, or if you put them under an eighth of an inch of potting media. And then check them for moisture. Uh, you shouldn't need a lot of water because they're, um, they're it's going to be cold. And see how it goes. But I, I'd go to that Bachman's webpage and look for that uh, and see if you can um, find a little bit better instruction. Julie, a little less than two minutes to go. Let's do one more. Uh, I have two Christmas cactus plants. They start with a few blooms in November. Now they're still blooming. Are these things normal? It's not just a few blooms, but it's a pretty plant of blossoms. Well, lucky you. Mine are blooming too. They've bloomed a couple of times this year. And it's uh, it's the nature of the plant. These plants are uh, photoperiod plants. They bloom when our light is, uh, our light changes. And when we have less light during the day is what kicks them into budding. Uh, you can also alter it by temperature too. So if you have a rather cool house, that can uh, that can also help too. I'm going to refer you to our holiday cactus webpage because there's a uh, Good information there on how to get those plants to bloom and also uh, on how to care for them. So that's at extension.umn.edu. Go to our houseplant section. You got that in before we ran out of time. Yep. <laughs> Let's do this real fast. In six, We have 60 seconds or less. 
Uh, is there anything I can do to prevent those tiny red mites on my maple tree? I think it's stunting the leaves. Um, that I am not sure. And uh, I would take a look at our uh, at um, the insect information that we have and see if that helps. Again, certified arborists are great. And, uh, and uh, or if you're talking about uh, maple galls, those are little tiny little tiny uh, uh, growths on the leaves, they're harmless. So, but if you mm-hmm. have insect issues, contact a certified arborist, particularly for these mature trees. Always a good idea. Thank you so much, Julie. Always a pleasure. And uh, let's, uh, let's talk again soon when you have a chance. Sounds good, Denny. Thanks. Thank you, Julie. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Get those home improvement questions ready for next hour. Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction will be helping us out, helping you out either by phone or by text. We're going to see sunshine today. Highs near 25. I know we've been stuck at zero here for a while, but 25 today, 33 tomorrow. We'll get up to near 41 on Monday, maybe 42 on Tuesday. Again, fog and mist reported here in the Twin Cities. It's zero for News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.